From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be around the world. Pastor Mike Douglas with you, along with Elaine Harlan, our producer and co-host, and our prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Al, Al Ramsey, with us as well. And uh, this Monday Night Live, uh, our front room here at Advancing Vibrant Communities, absolutely packed mm, with uh, wonderful people and a uh, very special guest, uh, Adrian Wolf, uh, historian, author, uh, tour guide, and uh, just uh, someone we're going to uh, enjoy actually exploring your brain tonight, Adrian, as, <laughs> as you give us the wisdom uh, of uh, tremendous knowledge and, and your new book coming out, uh, The Chronology of Israel. And we'll be uh, talking with Adrian in just a couple of moments. Right now, though, let's check in with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. What will people Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with news about some more real-life Jesus freaks. The Chinese government put on a remarkable show at the Beijing Olympics, but several stories were not covered by the carefully controlled media. At Kunming Airport, customs officials confiscated more than 300 Bibles. More than 800,000 Olympic prayer wristbands were circulated in the U.S. and around the world, but the Chinese pastor who inspired the project was arrested two days before the opening ceremony. Another pastor was arrested for attempting to attend a prayer service in Beijing, a service also attended by U.S. President George Bush. As more behind-the-scenes stories come to light, you can read them on the Voice of the Martyrs website, persecution.com. And back with you here live on Lighthouse Live. Again, Mike Douglas with you along with Elaine Harlan. Just a reminder, friends, you can check out new opportunities to serve with Advancing Vibrant Communities at our website, www.vibrantcommunities.org. That's vibrantcommunities.org. And click on the little red flashy thing, Elaine. Uh, Yeah, the icon there, and it'll take you to our uh, daily update page. A lot of people find opportunities to serve there. We invite you uh, to join us as well. There, and remember our phone number here, 209-544-9571. That's 209-544-9571. And uh, just a reminder, for those of you who are local, coming up this Wednesday from noon to 1.30, the mayor of Modesto, uh, Mayor Reidenauer, will be holding a mayor's forum on gangs and other issues that face us. Uh, it'll be an informational time as well as a time to pray for our mayor and our city council as well. That's coming up this Wednesday from noon to 1 p.m., and it's at the uh, 1010 10th Street 
It's try, not hard to say, is try it? Try that real fast. 10, 10, 10th uh, Street. I better not. I okay. Better be careful. All right. <laughs> anyway, 10, 10, 10th Street. That's the government center down there. You go all the way down uh, to the bottom floor of the basement area where the council uh, chambers are. And uh, everyone is invited to come, so we'd uh, appreciate you uh, joining us as well. Again, uh, thanks to all of you who join us around the world in places sometimes that we can't even pronounce. Great to uh, have you with us right now. Let's check in with our friends from Pacific Justice Institute. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now, with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. Two College of Alameda students have been threatened with suspension or expulsion because they engaged in prayer on campus last December. Now, the prayer occurred during break time and was condoned by the instructor being prayed for. Candy and Ojana were stunned to receive letters threatening suspension several weeks later. The letters contained vague accusations of insulting or abusive behavior, but no specifics warranting such drastic measures. Well, the Pacific Justice Institute has written demand letters and has had several phone conversations with college officials, but to no avail. So we filed a federal lawsuit this week to enforce the religious rights of these students. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. And we're back with you on Lighthouse Live. Time to take a quick look at the Volunteer Center of the United Way. Stanislaw County Elections Office, it's that time growing very close, uh, helps citizens stand up and be counted in this year's general presidential election process on Tuesday, November 4th. And I certainly hope all of us will uh, take the time to get out and vote. Tech-savvy volunteers are needed. (laughs) Tech-savvy? Am I one of those? I don't think so. Uh, Are needed to serve as poll workers, uh, bilingual poll workers and on-call poll workers from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. on Election Day. Poll workers help set up the voter (laughs) voter precinct, uh, maintain security of ballots and voting equipment, and assist the voters as necessary. A $95 stipend is offered to the volunteers' time and commitment, which includes a mandatory two- to three-hour training class. Now, training uh, will provide an excellent overview of the Election Day process, as well as hands-on equipment training uh, to ensure proper setup and operation of the voting equipment. Classes will be offered the week of October 18th through the 25th. That's in Modesto, Oakdale, and in Turlock. Uh, All interested people must be registered voters in California, and you must attend the training. Uh, Volunteer applications are available online at www.standvote.com. Uh, and if you love bowling, you can be a pin spotter for the Modesto Blind Bowlers. Uh, that's a league of vision-impaired bowlers, volunteers ages 15 years and older. Uh, simply advise the bowlers of the number and order of pins left standing after each throw, and you keep track of the game score. This is a lot of fun. We encourage this. The league meets on Saturday. You know, what's really disappointing, though, is when Marty Lancer beats me. Well, and that has And he can't even see times. the pins. Sure. And, I, and, you know, it's just... <laughs> and then he throws me down the alley. Well, and that's it just a whole gets really ugly. It's, <laughs> and nah, I think that if you're interested program. in this, you need to call Pastor Mike because he's the one who can train you. <laughs> it's, it's a great way to serve. What it neat really people, is. too. It's, it's an awesome it's opportunity. A great thing. So the league meets on Saturdays. You'll have a ball. 
literally. Oh, <laughs> or you could take the place of the ball. That was bad, wasn't it? <laughs> we got a whole studio here of people. I got a whole another Ooh. bunch of people who don't like me now. That's a, <laughs> man. It's just one comment. <laughs> It's an angry crowd here. <laughs> you better watch Wow. Out. The yes. league meets on Saturdays through the end of April, so you've got lots of time to get in on this. It uh, starts at 1130 to 130, takes place at the McHenry Bowl in Modesto. Training is provided by Pastor Mike. I'm just no. <laughs> <laughs> The Modesto Blind Bowlers promotes the sport of blind bowling and partnership opportunities for both vision-impaired and sighted individuals, and what fun it is. It is so a lot of fun and, and just neat people. Well, Marty Lancer there, and a lot of good friends. Yep. Yes. And at the Stanislaw County Library, you can bring access to the world through books to homebound individuals in the home delivery program. Uh, volunteers are needed to select, check out, deliver, and return library materials uh, for home borrowers. Uh, you remember late library books? Did you ever run up late Books and you know, I still get I, I still get fine letters from when I was in elementary school. It. You can't do this. You know, either. where's no. your book on Bozo? Bring it back. <laughs> your fine it. is now ten thousand dollars for we that won't book. Let you do this. No. Okay, volunteers should have an interest in books and reading, uh, be able to relate well with older and infirm individuals, able to carry books, bags up to fifteen pounds, possess a valid oh. California driver's license. Al, that we can you handle that one? Right now, right. <laughs> uh, have an uh, automobile. That helps, too. Insurance is good. Be at least 16 years of age or older uh, and also pass a background check. The mission of the Stanislaw County Library is to foster, of course, the love of reading and open the doors uh, to knowledge. And, you know, when you got those library fines, you know, you, you see the mo- like the music man, you know, Marion the librarian. <laughs> that, I never faced a librarian like Marion the librarian. Do we the ones I there? faced had fangs. You know, they were about... <laughs> Ten feet tall and fangs and <laughs> bring back your box. <laughs> You're gonna go home. Were you going dream, somewhere? But I was this, trying, or? but okay. anyway, I was going to say if you have any questions. Yes, you did. But anyway, if, if you have any questions about any of these opportunities, call Barbara Borba. She's at two zero nine five two four thirteen zero seven, extension one one three, and she'd be happy to answer any of your questions. Or you can email her at bborba at uwaystand dot org. Or you can always give us a call here at two zero nine five four four nine five seven one. And here in ABC land, we have a disabled gentleman in Newman needing rides and assistance in grocery shopping. So volunteers in Newman area, if you'd like to serve in that capacity, let us know and we will connect you. Or perhaps you'd like to be part of the team to stabilize a fence on its last legs or maybe help shore it up. Is that what you say when fences are on their last legs? There you John? go. I don't know. Maybe I didn't know like fences that. had legs, uh, but well, that's maybe that's they do or whatever fences have. I'm not sure about that either. Sure, those puppies up. Yeah, and then we take donations of heaters. It's getting cold, if if you haven't noticed, and so we want to uh, keep people warm who do not have heaters. So we take those donations of uh, heaters, household furnishings, twin beds, sofas, dressers, refrigerators for families who need them. Give us a call again: two zero nine five four four nine five. Uh, and, you know, we want to thank everybody uh, for coming to the Healthy Aging on Summit that took place That was Friday. a great time. That was Wasn't so much awesome. fun uh, on Friday. The fall prevention thing was just great. AARP ABC's, was there. AARP was there. They, they sent someone to stalk me. They did, and they did a good job <laughs> of that. Our Get very away own, and quit sending me mail. <laughs> our very own Jim Norby was there. No, it's a good organization. Uh, and uh, ABC's John Engel was there, and, and uh, it was a great time uh, to be had. But, you know... 
Tonight is a moment that we have long awaited, and we are excited, pleased, and extremely blessed um, to have on the show with us from uh, the land of Israel, God's land, Adrian Wolf. And we want to say a big welcome to Adrian. Adrian, we are so glad. Oh, yes, yes, we can do that. Woo! Welcome. Well, I want to thank all of you for inviting me here. I want to thank you all for the spread that you put out, that you went and <laughs> <laughs> leave here hungry. And I want to thank all of you for coming to see me, my friends, and I feel at home. Oh, I really good. do. And I promised that I'd come, and I'm glad that I have, and I've seen you again, and I'll definitely come again. Well, in fact, I think, Pastor Mike, that Adrian gets the longest distance traveled. He he gets the award for the longest distance guest, and and he gets his official Modesto, California T-shirt. Hand that over to Adrian. Thank you. Is it my size? I don't know. If it isn't, you can shrink it to size. I don't Not know. Not will make it your size. I have so. a hard time yeah. picturing you on that bicycle and little Speedos, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. We'll talk about that later. Okay. Now we get it more cards and letters. <laughs> Notice it was the producer that did that Did one. I say that? Not I the co-host. Okay. Not the pastor They're was not for me. involved they in that one. They are praying for me over there. Adrian, we could, uh, you know, start over again, I guess. But author, you know, first of all, father, husband, um, author, historian, just so many things, tour guide. Where do we even begin? Um I just, where did, oh, I was going to say, you haven't confiscated my book already. Why don't you hold up to the microphone so people yeah, at home can see it. I could do that. It. Can you see? Yeah. <laughs> I was, we were over lunch because we have spent the day together today, and it's just been a fabulous day, and I want to thank you for that. But I was talking to you over lunch about your book, and you began as a child interested in history. Let's begin there. And just maybe bring our audience up to speed because we do have an audience in Israel, and I hope that they're listening tonight. I guess it would be tomorrow there, though, wouldn't it? Tomorrow morning, yes. Okay. Um, my father was an ophthalmologist. Uh, his hobby was music and reading, and reading of history, and he used to entertain us. With, you know, what I've read in this book, you must you must read it and you must look mm. at it. And he made us interested in history as a child. Um, my f- mother is an anthropologist, and she tried to make me interested in ancient cultures and s- ancient rocks and stones, but uh, that didn't help. I was never interested in that, and um, I'm not too good at archaeology. <laughs> Those old stones that we have in Israel, my tours are more slightly modern, meaning the biblical period onwards. Um, what had happened was when I came to Israel, uh, I'd, I'd finished university. I got my second degree, and I came to Israel. And after a short while, I landed up in the army like everybody else. And when I finished the army, I opened up my own business. Um, but when I reached 50, I had a midlife crisis. Um, I did not divorce or buy a sports car or an SUV, <laughs> and I took a hobby history and I made it into a profession Mm. so I went to night school three nights a week and there were 60 tour days of tour site visits and I got my license and it was I think 1999 and 
I got work very quickly. But then the Intifada, the Arab uprising, began in September 2000, and I was left without any work. Hmm. So I did three things. One is I realized that as a tour guide, I'm lecturing the whole day at different places on different subjects. So I started lecturing to various groups. I went back to university again, <laughs> uh, where I'm doing an ongoing course in military history, mm. which oh, yeah. is a course given to ex-army types. Um, the problem of that course is that the lectures usually get grilled. Uh, there was one lecture that we went to, and one man got up and said, you're talking complete nonsense. <laughs> and he said, why? He said, because I'm the guy that stopped the Egyptian invasion. Oh. Uh, um, you personally? He said, yes, I blew up the railway line. <laughs> so he couldn't get supplies. But um, that, that course, which I, which I still attend if I don't work on a Monday afternoon, has given me a lot of information. And then I got luck. I, I, uh, for myself in the tour course, I wrote six pages, uh, six, six topics times two pages, that's 12 pages, on different topics. Because I thought if I have tourists who are interested in various topics, crusaders, Christianity, Judaism, and so on, that I wanted to know the chronological tables. And I met a friend from England, and I said to him, do you think that this is worth of a while to have a book? And he said, yes, take the easiest of the six topics and start. So Crusaders started at two and then four, six, eight, and 16 and 64 pages. And then I took another topic. And when the book was about 300 pages, mm. I sent it to a friend in England who knows nothing about history <laughs> uh, on purpose. And she said, it's very interesting, I'm learning a lot, but you are repeating yourself mm. from the various different topics. So I then had to join all six pages, uh, six sections, and it sort of went on and on for years, and I was never satisfied. And uh, eventually I decided to divide it up into chapters, because when one goes to bed at night and reads a book, you read to the end of the chapter. So I divided history into 27 chapters. <laughs> That was another six months. <laughs> um, and in February of 2007, my father took ill, mm -hmm. and I put it aside. I wanted to spend time with him. But when he passed away in September, I said, that's it. In the meantime, I, I was offered by two Israeli publishers to publish my book, and I turned both of them down as I had the confidence that I could do everything myself. And in January, uh, I gave the, the disc to a printer. At the end of January, the book came out, and I've sold well over a 1,000 copies wow. Wow. by myself. Congratulations. The photographs are mine. The maps are my own. I don't owe any copyright to anybody. Uh, the idea and the presentation and the summaries within the book and the integration of the, of the pictures, the book costs a lot more to print because I, I was determined to integrate the the colored photographs and maps in the text, not to be separated. Um, I'm now on my second printing. Mm. I was in New York last week, and I got two orders over there, and I think I succeeded in San Francisco as well now, mm. uh, yesterday. And uh, we're going to go on. Next, uh, The next stage is to translate it into Spanish. That's interesting. And That's the chronology begins... With Abraham. No, I actually or? begin a little bit before, before Abraham, how civilizations began, mm. the beginnings of writings, the beginnings of the domestication of animals and uh, foods, 
And then, of course, we get Noah and the Noahide laws, which were passed by Congress. And then we get Abraham. The book's filled with biblical quotations, both from the Bible and from the New Testament. Adrian, what kind of feedback are you getting on your book? Um, people have found it very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. They are pleased that the book is in easy English. Mm -hmm. And they're, getting, they are, they're telling me that I'm bringing in all the facts together mm -hmm. and putting in in a logical form. I'm getting excellent feedback. Good. Well, as, as you go online and read about your book, uh, people who are, are blogging about it and such, uh, two things really stand out, and, and you've mentioned them. Well, one is people recognize the fact that you are not repeating uh, <laughs> yourself, that you've uh, very excellently integrated uh, the facts. Uh, two, that it is a, a, an excellent chronology and uh, a very factual chronology and uh, uh, just going on the Internet and, and reading those blogs and such, uh, very, very favorable comments. I want to go back a, a, a little bit and, and talk about, you mentioned uh, your degrees and, and some of that work took place in Cape Town? Is that Cape Town, South Africa. Uh, tell yeah. us how you got from there to, to, to Israel. Um, my grandparents were immigrants, to South Africa, um, but then the first generation, South African-born, were all academics, uh, and I went to the University of Cape Town, where I studied economics and philosophy in the first degree, and then I went on in economics, but it was the apartheid years, mm. and I decided then that I wasn't going to stay. Mm. I actually intended to go to the World Bank because I thought that I could do some good for black Africa. <laughs> Not for South Africa, it was apartheid. And a friend of mine said, come to Israel, there's this program for graduates for six months. And I did, and I mm. never left. Wow. It took another 27 years to get to Washington, <laughs> which is wonderful. I love the place. You do get sidetracked, don't you? <laughs> but that's wonderful. You're yeah, but I've been there ever since and done... Done the standard things like go to the army and get married and have children and reserve duty. Now, in, in, twenty-five in, years of reserve duty. I was going like to say in the IDF. Yes. Now people continue that service into their fifties. Is, is that correct? Um, it depends if you're in a fighting unit or not. Mm. I'm in a high. I'm in a highly specialized unit, which is not secret. I'm in a unit that prepares the civilian sector for times of emergency. Ah. How to bring, how to settle homeless people whose homes have been blown up, and how to feed the population, and how to bring water and electricity to the population. Would they loan you to us for a while? We <laughs> need <laughs> that. You needed me from Katrina. Uh -huh. But oh, yes. um, it, it is law in Israel that every town has a has a war game every two years. Mm -hmm. And so I was one of those that went to the towns and would evaluate the performance of the local functionaries. I also would visit factories, which are essential for the war effort, like bakeries, and I'd want to see the drivers. And then I would say, well, what army unit do you serve in? Mm -hmm. And if the driver was in a fighting unit, then I'd turn, turn around and say, well, who's his replacement? It's not enough to get a name. I want to know his address and his phone number, and when last he actually did the route. Mm -hmm. it's, that I was doing like 40 days a year and try and run a business like that. But uh, that's the Israel deal. 
Israel deals also that my children served in the army, and there were times when my washing army clothes were on the line together with my children. Wow. But that's living in Israel. And, Adrian, your entire family has such a charitable heart. We were talking about this earlier as you were watching the ABC DVD. We were, <laughs> we were talking about how charitable you are. Um, Israel has the highest proportion in the world of people that um, donate. And donation is not only money, it's also time. Mm. Um, I myself am involved in an annual bicycle ride. Mm. Uh, we collect money for the Israel Center of psycho, for Psychotrauma to assist indirect victims of terror, which Jews and Arabs, because the government is a little bit slower in, in, um, in realizing that they are indirect victims of terror. Direct victims get perfect uh, care, both um, with equipment and medical care, but it's the indirect where a child whose friend or neighbor might have been killed or injured and the child has psychotrauma mm. problems so we then step in and the same charity now is um, is in nine centers in the country in the weakest socio-economic levels and they are taking these children for weekly bicycle rides because bicycle riding is not like any other team sport everyone's a player there are no reserves and if the children behave themselves then they can come to the one-to-one -one ride this is awesome. Now, this is a 24-hour bicycle well, ride. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's sort of labeled as that, but it's not actually. Tell us a little it's bit a about one, that. It's around the Sea of Galilee. It's 65 kilometers. It's lovely. We know a little bit about the Sea, sea of Galilee. <laughs> you, remember, you remember that song, My Bonnie Lies Over the Ocean, My Bonnie Lies Over the Sea? Elaine's got a new version of that. My camera lies... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Camera doesn't walk. <laughs> it doesn't, Never it let doesn't it swim. No, uh, it doesn't. no, but then, <laughs> but then you can say, well, you know, well, what do my children do? Do my children do any kind of voluntary work? And I say, yes, my children have for many years been voluntary maths teachers. Mm. It's not my children are so great. It's done through the scouts and the schools and the welfare um, department of our municipality where um, they ask the, the stronger students to give extra lessons free of charge to weaker students who cannot afford extra lessons in maths and in English and uh, a few other subjects. And both my daughters for many years was teaching maths to weaker students. So, Adrian, would you say there's a, a cultural expectation uh, to serve? In the Army. Or to, to, or to serve. Yeah, uh, to serve, to volunteer, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I am involved with another organization, but I'm not all that active in it. It's called Ezra, English-Speaking Residents Association, and they do exactly what you do. Uh, they go into the community and they, they help mm. in many, many ways. Mm. And I'm on the fringe of the organization, and I'm involved now and then in it. I just don't have the time. Um, my cousin is involved in, 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 an, in an organization that goes around every night collecting food from the fast foods mm. um, stores. Mm. And this is brought to a municipal depot and is made into boxes. Mm. And the food is then distributed to, to the needy. Um, my daughter recently was married. And one of the conditions that I signed with the caterer 
was any extra food was to go to the needy. And they said, mm. well, don't worry, we do it anyway. Awesome. But I'm yeah. saying it's the attitude. Yes. And we can all do our little something. And we're all expected to do our little something mm. if you want to make your country great. I want to uh, go back just a little bit to the 24-hour bike ride and, and the, the Center for the Treatment of Psychotrauma. Um, a lot of the young people who are being treated then, Adrian, and, and who benefit from this would have post-traumatic stress from seeing a neighbor or a relative, um, a victim of a terrorist attack perhaps, and, and yet this person, uh, this child doesn't, as I understand what you said, does not receive direct um, help from the government because they were not directly affected. Correct. So this is a way, though, to deal with their scars that, that yes. can last yes. a, a lifetime. Um, tell us about the response of the, of the community to that, to, to these centers. The problem is to find these children, mm. who they are. So they go to the schools and they talk to the psychologist in the schools and to the school teacher. Is there any student in the school who, since one of these episodes, is not performing well? And mm. that's the way that they go around. Then they go around to the family and they say, can we help? Mm. And uh, they even purchase things like a computer, which will make the child happy. Mm. Mm. Wonderful. Your daughter is taking courses along those lines, is she not, to specialize with uh, my daughter, My elder daughter that is a Ph.D. in clinical psychology has been involved by a U.S.-sponsored research program. Mm into post-trauma... Tra Traumatic stress disorders. Uh, yeah. PTSD. Yeah. Yes. PTSD, yes. How long has, have, has, have these centers been operational? S since 2002. Okay. Just thinking... And it's, and it's sponsored by an English charity called oneto1.org. Mm. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, this week, then, this part of the show is where we normally would uh, introduce a song. And, and this week, uh, Adrian, we have a very special musical treat for you. Uh, and dear friends, wherever you may happen to be tuned in, our, our very own special um, Mad Madeline Olson has selected and is going to perform three <coughs> Jewish pieces uh, arranged by Sunita Stanslow. Uh, and now we have for you... Uh, our harpist Madeline Olson live here for you on Lighthouse Live. Madeline.
Thank you so much, Madeline. There's I don't, a little bit of heaven right there. Uh, a lot awesome. of heaven. I don't know how we can mm. even follow Beautiful. something like that. Madeline, how old are you now, honey? What? 13 years old. Madeline Olson, who was on the Israel, uh, who was on the Israel tour with us in 2007, and Adrian uh, Wolf, our guest tonight, was our tour guide in Israel. Adrian, was that not lovely? That was. <laughs> Adrian. You're a wonderful bunch. Ah, I tell you, um, you know, music. I know touches your heart very personally, um, Adrian, and, and your father was recently honored at a memorial. Uh, you you want to maybe just uh, tell us a little bit how that memorial uh, service was. Uh, my father used to return home from work in the evenings and go straight to his room, pull out his clarinet and play for one hour, and the rest of the world can wait for dinner. <laughs> uh, his, his life beyond medicine and reading was the clarinet. Uh, he had lessons from all the great people and met the greatest. And uh, I only found out recently that his music library of sheet music was like the biggest private collection in the world. Wow. And when he passed away, I donated it all to a conservatory of music mm. in Israel. Wow. I wanted the music to stay in the mm. sheets to stay in the country. And I and. Twelve months after his passing away, my brothers arrived for my daughter's wedding, and I said, right, we're going to have a memorial concert. And it was they used the sheet music that we had donated, and I told the teacher that I wanted students from all levels, not only her best students. I want to give people an opportunity to play in public. Mm. And the hall was sold out, wow. and we collected lots of money, and the money goes to the conservatory, um, actually, not to the students this time. <laughs> the money is going to the teachers to improve their working conditions, new chairs and carpets in their rooms Wonderful. and such. Yeah. What an honor. And you also play the clarinet. Yes, I used to play duets with yeah. my father and I played in orchestras with him. But uh, in the last few years, I haven't been playing very much. <laughs> <laughs> because you're busy I'm giving tours busy. Yes. and riding bikes and mm. all of those, those yes. things. What about the tourism in Israel, uh, Adrian? Um, can you we had five us? years of drought. Mm. People did, well, there were very few that came. It was mainly business people who, who were sort of in and out. Very few tour, bu tour buses. Uh, tourism started to pick up from 2006, and this year is a bumper year. Uh, there's a shortage of hotel rooms and buses and mm. tour guides, and uh, hopefully it's booming. Uh, I hope that the Americans won't sort of shy away because they don't have any more money. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say to the Americans about tourism in Israel? Come, you'll enjoy it. You'll yeah, enjoy it every yeah. day. Every day is different. I think we're all ready to go back. Are we not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> Sign me up. Elaine, <laughs> you've, you've got a room full of, of friends here that uh, that toured uh, yes. Israel uh, under uh, Adrian's tutelage there. Let me get a few comments. And, and uh, Lee and Sandy, maybe just a, a word or two from you about uh, just the, the benefit of having a, a man like Adrian um, open up and uh, show you the full color of, of Israel as you were there. 
Well, Adrian, he sits here very soft-smoking, but I can tell you he's very outspoken, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, was a, it was a real joy to have him, uh, you know, and, and very knowledgeable. And, and I, I wanted someone who'd be able to give us good history of Israel as we were there. You know, and, and he certainly did that. And so it was a real joy to have Now, him. how did you get connected with, with Adrian? Uh, through Bridges for Peace. Okay. I was looking for a, a guide, and they sent me his name. And then they sent me his picture, and that was scary. But no, I was... <laughs> <laughs> but we said okay anyway, you know. Adrian, we love you. <laughs> I must admit that I got the program from Lee. I looked at the program, and I changed a little bit, and I sent it off. And when I met Lee, I said, well, we have three programs. We have what's written. Then we have the program that we decide the night before. And then we have the actual program. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the nice thing about touring is that uh, I come upon a site, and I say, well, this will interest the people. So I stop, and I go in there. I don't keep uh, rigidly according to the program. When you talked about that, that drought, what, about five years, roughly, what, 2001? From 2000 to 2005. 2000. And, and I would imagine some of that is, is a, a sense or a perception of a safety issue, perhaps, some of yes. the economic, but a lot of it probably a sense of a safety issue. And, and, Lee, maybe you could speak for the group. How did you feel when you were there? Absolutely no fear. I mean, there wasn't anything to say, oh, boy, we're... Afraid or scared or anything like that, mm, mm. and uh, and Adrian wasn't one to say, "Well, let's go into here because this is a tough territory." You know what I'm saying? Sure. And uh, so it was very, very relaxing. Great place to learn. I would imagine, Adrian, that uh, your your service for many, many years uh, with the IDF has has given you additional perspectives and and uh, just an enhanced view of some of those uh, areas that that you uh, tour. Yes, because of 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 the military history part of it, yeah. where the battles were, and also my intimate knowledge of the infrastructure of the country. How does it work? Where are the power lines? How do people live? Which are the more problematic towns from the socio-economic point of view? But on the issue of security, Israel has a population of uh, about 5.3 million Jews and another one 1.3 million Arabs. And we had 130 murders last year. We don't wow. have kidnapping. It's amazing. It doesn't exist. It? We yes. don't drive with our doors locked. That uh, the chances of you being mugged or your purse snatched from you is virtually zero. Not 100%. We do have a few loonies, yes. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I have two daughters. I never worried what time they came home, how they uh. came home. I don't have burglar bars and, you know, um, an alarm on at home because I'm not worried. Mm. I'm not worried of physical violence. We all sh shout and scream at each other, yes. <laughs> but uh, physical violence is very, very small. Maybe if we could uh, go around the room and, and uh, let's uh, maybe Yvonne? pick over here somewhere. Come and come over just and talk a, a little bit about how... Adrian helped uh, enhance your visit and, and what you appreciated about. Um, Yvonne has a <laughs> bless her heart. She just came from the dentist, and I know oh, she's probably no. wanting to throw rocks at me right now. But <laughs> move up to <laughs> move up to the microphone, hun. 
There you go. You and Adrian have a very special bond. We just uh, we had a great time in Jerusalem, and uh, well, I <laughs> I better backtrack a little bit. We all had a great time in Israel, but you had quite an experience in Jerusalem, didn't you? Yes, I have a new understanding of what it means to be hip checked, <laughs> and by that I mean we were had just finished our tour of the Via Dolorosa in Old Jerusalem. And someone tripped me, not someone from our group, and I planted my face on the old street of Jerusalem. And Adrian and one of the other members, um, who is also in the military, literally took hold of my arms and put their hips against mine, and I don't think my feet hardly touched the ground, as they walked me out to the ambulance because the ambulance couldn't get into the old section mm. um, where they determined I needed stitches in, uh, over my left eyebrow. And uh, I said no because we were going to go to um, the tomb in, in uh, the garden that afternoon, and I wasn't about to miss that. <laughs> so they patched me up, and we I found that we had a physician's assistant in our group. And so we made it through the afternoon and went back to the hotel, and uh, she stitched me up in our hotel room that night. Is that right? Uh, yeah. I just want to add that, she, that there was no charge. For the, ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, the ambulance service has no correct. charge for the Absolutely. work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Really? Yes. Yes. He's absolutely serious. Yes. What an incredible time, and what a sense of community yeah. that we had. It was just like everybody came together. Adrian never left our side. And you know what thing that really impressed me? We had our name tags on for maybe one hour when we got there, and he said, okay, take them off now. I know your names. And he did, and he never forgot our names. And I'm lucky if I still know all of our <laughs> names. <laughs> but that was just incredible. The whole, the whole trip was amazing memorable time and it was it was the Disneyland of my life and I will never forget it and we just we we had a special bond and it will always be there with everyone in this room and I you know Greg and Marie can't be here they have a baby now you know that uh, Adrian and it's just a, a wonderful thing that took place there the holy land God's land of Israel just a remarkable experience and I just wish everyone could go there if we could just encourage everyone in the world to go there, I would. And look for her camera in the sea again. You remember how God had his children build monuments? <laughs> I can see a new one with a lame's name on it right by the Sea of Galilee. It's going to follow you, isn't it? Thank you, Yvonne, for uh, for your story. Any, any other impressions uh, from those of you in the room? Again, we have a, a front room, our living room packed here at Advancing Vibrant Communities. And uh, actually, you can use this mic over here. That yes. one, uh, people, whatever you'd like to use is, is fine. I've had a long day. I'm going to sit down. Thank you. Right. <laughs> Jan? This is so exciting. When we were there, I felt so safe. Adrian, you took such good care of us. I felt so pampered. It was just absolutely amazing. Uh, he was very accommodating to things that we wanted, and i got to tell you, 
I wish he had brought the ice cream that he kept feeding us the whole time we were there. <laughs> we found the most amazing ice cream. Nobody in this country could top that one, I'm sure. But uh, he made sure that we got our daily rations of ice cream. <laughs> if we had shopping we wanted to do, we did that as well. And uh, he would make a point to find things for us or to take us if we had something we were looking for. We just had a great time. I thank you so very much for this opportunity and the, the – uh, the trip will always be memorable. Thank you. But there's the story of Bev's abduction. Oh, oh, Bev's well, abduction. yes. Yeah. Bev's yeah. abduction. Yes. Well, we got to hear. Come on, Bev. We got to hear this story. Yeah. Come on, Bev. Come we on, Bev. We, yeah. we have a postscript to that story as well. <laughs> can we air it, though? That's well, sure we can. Okay. All right. All right. All right, Bev. What, now, what is this abduction that we have? There were uh, shepherds or whatever. What do you call them? Alongside the road, and he he ordered them ordered the bus to stop. He went out and he talked to them, and he comes back and he said, "They're willing to trade two camels for Bev." <laughs> <laughs> and I, everybody said no. Fortunately, and so. He went back out, and they upped the ante to, I don't know, four camels and a good herd of goats. I <laughs> and so he fabricated the story about me being abducted no, anyway. Adrian wouldn't do that. And that, and that his fabulous uh, army buddies came and, and rescued me <laughs> out of the caves in Petra, you know. just <laughs> And we gave our presentation at church when we got back. And, and we and leave gave the, did the CD of of my abduction, all the pictures and everything. And the little old ladies at church came to me and said, "Were you really abducted?" <laughs> so it was exciting. What and did he you made tell them? I said, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think I'm worth two camels and a herd of goats? At least, at least that, yes, and more. Uh, one of these days, I'm going to have to show you the unedited version of what Lee didn't show you in our presentation for that that show because Adrian and I emailed back and forth all kinds of pictures that had absolutely nothing to do with our trip, but they worked well with the fabricated story. So we had, oh, you should see the house that you lived in. Oh, it's so oh my goodness. Well, I, I, I was particularly shocked when he sent me the picture of the fellow that, that bought me. <laughs> you know, I think the rest of us need to see this. <laughs> Denise, did you want to? I just wanted to say that prior to our trip to Israel, I, my husband and I had traveled a lot, and we're kind of independent, and so we had never had a tour or a tour guide. We had always done our own thing, and we were a little bit hesitant because we thought, well, is this going to make us feel hemmed in or not? But I have to say that I was just really, really pleased with the entire, the entire trip, and Adrian just added so much knowledge and wisdom and was such a good tour guide that we didn't feel trapped in a in a tour we felt like we were doing the things that we would normally have chosen to do and so that was really fabulous i i really have to say that from the experience of having traveled a lot it was very very fun to to be on this tour and um you know i just would put in a plug, an advertisement, anything. Yes. For those of you listening, if you have not been to Israel, go if you have an opportunity. Um, 
you know, it's one thing to look at a map as you study scripture, but it's another thing to actually stand and view the topography of an area. And it will bless you to, to see, um, to see the land of Israel and Absolutely. to meet the people of Israel. Absolutely. Yes. And now your husband, Rob and son, Carl, were also along on the trip. Carl now is away at college. Adrian, we were talking about this earlier and, uh, Carl was very special to you on the trip and as well as, as Rob, but, um, I wish Carl could be here. And I want to mention Judy. Judy was with us and on the, was it the first or second day? Then I know Judy's listening. Hi, Judy. Everybody say hi to Judy. Hi, hi Judy. Judy. Judy is in what state? Because I'm directionally Michigan. Michigan. She broke her ankle on the first or second day uh, that we were on the tour. So bless her heart. Sandy, you have to say something. Well, Judy did uh, send me an email, which I didn't get. So she verbally told me what she said. (laughs) If I can remember it. Anyway, she sends her her love and regards to all of you, especially Adrian, since you're here. And uh, said that she went through all of her pictures and just kind of relived the trip because of this program right mm. now. And she said it just brought back so many wonderful memories and great times that we had together. Her ankle has healed wonderfully, and she's doing very well and wishes that she could be here, but she'd love for anyone to come and visit her in Michigan, too. So and we love I you, Judy. Add, Judy never complained. She never did. She never. She was in pain. She could hardly walk, and I managed to get a walking stick for her, not realizing the actual damage that she had done to her leg. Never, ever complained. Had I realized that her leg was actually broken, I would have definitely taken her to the hospital. (laughs) Right, right. Well, she didn't. No, she didn't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting here listening. So far, we have face plants, broken ankles, (laughs) Bedouin abductions. Uh, That sounds really exciting. Sign me up. It really was. Adrian, I don't know what your other tour groups have been like, and and certainly I know that there are a few that are not here with us tonight. Some are in other states, and some are who knows where, but I know they wanted to be here with you, and they are listening to the program tonight, but I know that this group certainly loves you, and and, uh, you will always be in our our hearts forever, and and we continue, and always will pray for you, and always hope to keep in, in touch with you, but What's what's next for you? Where this, our time is just growing too much to close. But what's next for you, Adrian? What's what do you see? What's on your radar screen? Just to continue, as things are. Can't ask for anything better. Mm. I have no grandiose goals. Just to continue to be with my wife, be with my children, mm. be with my grandson. Grandson, you have a grandson. grandson. How cool is that? Be with my friends and family. Be healthy. Mm. And uh, there's a Lord's Prayer, which we say every day. We bless God, creator of the universe, that we are alive. And we're able to do what we can do today. And may it continue and never cease. Adrian, <coughs> wonderful book. Again, it is called A Chronology of Israel. We're talking with Adrian Wolf tonight, author, uh, historian, major in, in the IDF. And... And uh, as, as you've heard, uh, just, just an exciting way to, uh, to see Israel. <clears throat> as you think about the book, having poured so much of your time and energy and blood, sweat, and tears and years into the book, what is the legacy that you would like to leave the world through your book? What, what do you want people to take away from a chronology of Israel? There's only one way to live. 
and it's universal and it's found in the Bible and we all have to be active and positive in the way we live that we leave a positive legacy mm. and we don't have to search any further than the Bible it's all there and hopefully through my actions that people will follow and see that uh, perhaps I am doing things correctly perhaps I am behaving correctly but I'm not unique because it's all written there as a guide for everybody and with about uh, we have about two minutes left here in the uh, program <laughs> what would you say to those who uh, may be listening who have yet to visit uh, Israel what encouragement would you provide them come hmm. don't be frightened it's all there you'll have a wonderful experience read up about it you don't need a tour guide you don't need a bus just just come plan your trip there's lots to see and lots to do the country is safe and it's different how can people get a hold of you Adrian are you accessible uh, yes I have my website which is www.israeltours one word dot co dot il israeltours.co.il can we repeat that once more <laughs> israeltours one word dot co dot il and, and a very very good uh, great picture of you yes. right. thank <clears> you <throat> happen to have that uh, handy here uh, just before we leave uh, adrian again having uh, been through so much the uh, having tasted Israel from so di many different perspectives as a as a resident, having been in the uh, the military, uh, having become a historian uh, through this wonderful midlife crisis you had, we we thank God for that. Uh, the way He's <laughs> yes, blessing the world uh, uh, through that. Uh, where what do you see for the future? Just a a, a wonderful country, rich in history. Uh, one that has uh, blessed the world. How about you personally? What What do you see for uh, the future of Israel? Uh, uh, again, we have about maybe a minute left here. On the On the personal level, I had a lemon, meaning I didn't have work much work for five years, and I made it into a lemonade. Mm. I wrote uh, a book. Yes. We all get lemons, and we must all be active in our communities and all do something to make the world better. And but to start on the private level like you are doing here in Modesto. We all should be doing our little part because we can't change the world. We are not, not all of us are going to be presidents of the country, but we can be an example within the local community. Uh, the future of Israel, I think, is good. I'm not frightened about Iran. We've outlived Hitler. We've outlived Stalin. Amen. And we'll outlive. But we need a strong America. To say to the Iranians, don't even think of it, because Iran is too big for Israel. We are not Rambo. We cannot go in and suddenly destroy all of their nuclear facilities. We need the American president, whoever he or she will be, to say, don't even think of it. We'll flatten you. Adrian Amen. Wolf, thank you so very much. May God be with you and safety in your travels. Please come back and see us again, and we hope to see you again in the future. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for visiting our country. God bless you. Thank Dear friends, you. thank you for listening in. Join us next week. Richard and Sarah, Jim Norby, and special guest, Dr. and Pastor Michael Wright, will be with us here on Lighthouse Live. May God continue to bless you. <laughs>